My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Hey guys, welcome back to the Six Figure Podcast Rebels. It's Britt here today. We have another exciting interview ahead of us. The guest I'm bringing on, Bessie Graham, an award-winning entrepreneur with over 20 years experience working with business owners, governments, and large funding bodies to bring doing good and making money back together. She works with people who have made it but haven't quite found a fulfillment she helps them put their time, talent, treasure to work in ways that align with their values and allow them allows them to create a legacy that can they can be proud of. Bessie teaches people to quiet out the noise of demands and opinions of others and hear their own voice more clearly so they can contribute from a place of authenticity. She removes frustration, pressure that comes with living from someone living someone else's idea of success and replaces it with a sense of flow and fulfillment that only can come when you tap into the fullness of who you are and who you're becoming. Bessie is also the host of Both and Win, Both and, and with Bessie Graham. Super excited to have you on today, Bessie. Thank you so much for making the time and jumping on. How's it going? A pleasure. Yeah, good. It's always great to uh, to speak with other people doing similar things in the world. Absolutely. Well, I like I said earlier, I love what you're doing and uh, I'm super excited for today. So we can kind of, you know, you can share your valuable insight and just everything in this interview is going to be great. We'll, we'll talk about wins. So it's working challenges. So there'll be some great conversation within that along uh, alone and great takeaways. But before we really jump in, would you mind just, you know, going going ahead and telling us a bit of your story, you know, how did you get to where you are today? Because you're kicking butt out there and I think it's fantastic. Well, so it's been an interesting journey for me. Certainly the, the passion, if you like, and, and you spoke about this in the intro, is this idea of looking at business's role in society because I am someone who loves business and, and all of the things that it can bring about. But trying to figure out and help other business owners see how could they bring back together the ideas of doing good and making money? Because too often as we grow up, we're taught that we're going to have to choose. Are we someone who wants to go out and run a charity or work with nonprofits and do good in the world? Or are we someone who wants to run a business and make lots of money? So they're kind of framed as our choices. And for right. me, I was never satisfied with that. And, and I didn't see that business had to be something that was purely about profit maximization because everyone that I know who started a business is a passionate person who thinks that they have something of value that they want to share with the world. And right. so I wanted to bring that energy back into the space of business and say, we can absolutely run businesses that are doing well financially and that are serving their customers really well and focus on the brilliance that's required in that space. But at the same time, in order to tap into that fullness that we spoke about of 
each of us are diverse people. You know, we aren't one dimensional. We have different things we care about and, and things that we value. And so I want to help business owners bring that sense of what they do care about and what they want to contribute to in the world back into their business. So it's been an interesting um, journey of over the last 20 years, working more at that level of the setting up those environments so businesses could flourish and could contribute in the world. So I've worked with, you know, big funding bodies like the United Nations. I've worked with large foundations and then also right down into across the Pacific Islands. So uh, your listeners may not be as familiar with some of those beautiful Pacific Islands that are, are spread out, but working with, say, coconut farmers in Samoa right. or going out into the field and helping people really think about the way in which they run their business and how they export. So I love all aspects of business, but the, the piece that is a passion for me in this next 20 years, if I think of those chapters, is the support required for us as business owners to start to better understand ourselves and look after um, the, the energy, if you like, so we're not burnt out and exhausted in that process of trying to run these amazing businesses. Love it. I love what you're doing, like I said earlier, and I think it's so important, you know, to really work with those business owners, you know, find that yeah. passion and turn off that loud noise and replace it with, you know, like you said, the fulfillment. Yes. And that's so often not what happens in society. We're sort of seen if you are someone who's driven and ambitious and has goals, you're seen as, well, you've got it all together. You're capable. Everyone looks to you for help. And right. yet the reality with any business is it's not a sprint. You know, this isn't something where you can go really hard for a short period of time and then you're done. You need to be able to sustain that energy over time. And so support for, for us as leaders is a critical part of achieving that. Very critical. I love it. I love what you're doing. And it's so important. So important. Now, we know with, you know, actually, before you jump into that question, I just want to go back a bit. You did touch on like what you're doing and everything, but right now, like as of today, where are you at in your business and what are some of the biggest wins? Well, the, the shift, if you like, and this came about during COVID, we all had this opportunity to stop and reflect on how we'd been running our businesses, the work we'd been doing and say, okay, as a whole bunch of changes are forced on me, how do I want to shape moving forward? And for me, I was spending a lot of time traveling around the world, doing lots of work, um, was very busy, but was doing pieces that were very focused on the organizations and the businesses themselves, as well as those systems they operate in. And the shift that I have been on over these last few years has been back to those individual leaders and how to support them better. And so the, the focus, if you like, and, and what I would see as a win has been to, to come back to some of those things that I've been passionate about and wanted to do for years but hadn't got around to. So finally starting my podcast was one of those. And it was the, the piece of trying to create those spaces where we could connect on a more human level and hear and share each other's stories and not feel alone as leaders in yeah. that process, because that is something that is missing, you know, and I've worked with hundreds of entrepreneurs around the world. And so often there is that sense of isolation, that your team are relying on you, that everyone sees you as the capable person. And so you do not have that support structure around you. And so the, right. 
the shift to starting to make sure we're creating those spaces of support and encouragement and to be a, a thinking partner to other leaders doing extraordinary things has been uh, what I've been doing. And so now my focus is more on in a one-on-one capacity and in small groups working with and coaching other business leaders because, as I said, that role of a thinking partner, someone where you can be completely honest and they can challenge and encourage you to think bigger or to, to clarify your strategy is such an important piece as we try to, to contribute and, and live lives that actually have a sense of meaning and purpose. Right, right. And what would you say some of the biggest challenges have been with, you know, with we all know that with building a six-figure, multiple six-figure business, it comes with the challenges, highs and lows. What are some of the biggest challenges that you have faced? Well, what's, I think, uh, kind of amusing, if you like, is to sit back and, and be honest about the fact that often when we start to try to move into a new space, unconsciously we flip into all of the same challenges and, and traps that our own clients and customers do that we are used to giving advice to other people on, but suddenly you have to give that advice to yourself. So the, right. the biggest challenge for me in shifting this focus and starting the podcast and moving into my focus being on the coaching side around the individual, not the business, is that I found myself falling into the same trap that hundreds of business owners I have given advice to over the years do, which is that I've come at that from the place of here's everything I've learned over the last 20 years. This is what I'm so passionate to share with other people Mm -hmm. and forgotten that I need to come from the point of view of what do they see as their problem? What What does that listener or that customer actually want? And that needs to be the, the framing of my message. So the, right. the, the trap to, to position things from your perspective rather than your customers has been one that I didn't expect I would fall into, but I have. And so the podcast and having those conversations, I think is a beautiful way to actually start to hone and refine in on what are the messages that resonate and land well with your ideal clients and what are the stories that work and it is that aspect of of starting to come back to and and one of the pieces that I'm that's a constant learning piece for me is to not feel like any of your ideas or the way you tell a story or the the way you position your offering has earned permanence it's not set in concrete you know it's this living breathing thing And, and a podcast is a beautiful way to to test that and have conversations and back and forward with people because in order to actually get traction and to create the change and engagement you're looking for, we need those opportunities, don't we, to to figure out and really connect in meaningful ways. It's not enough to just have a certain number of followers. You want engagement and to actually get that traction. And so I think for me that would be the ongoing lesson that never ends, which is not falling into talking about what I care about but going, okay, what are the challenges I'm seeing? What are those patterns and how do I frame it from the perspective of the other? A hundred percent. Yep. That is compelling and it's it's great the way you're you're going about it as well. 
Yeah, I think you've got to just also relax into I framed this whole year as an experiment and a gift to myself. So it's like, okay, there is no pressure. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be right. I remember hearing um, an interview once and someone said it takes 100 episodes to to find your flow. And it's like, oh, my goodness, that seems like a lot. But it's like, well, just start. You know, it doesn't have to be, don't wait. It doesn't have to be perfect. You've got everything sorted. Just begin and learn and, and, you know, see it as an experiment. A hundred percent. Learn as you go, roll with the punches and you're good to go. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah. So about your podcast, I know we kind of touched on that, but when did you start it and what were your intentional actions behind starting it? So I brought the podcast out in March, um, 2022. So earlier this year. And as I said, I'd been wanting to do it for years, but originally I had this beautiful vision of, I wanted it to be video and staged and this beautiful thing with interviews and and I had turned it into this massive production. And so it never happened. And so I said, okay, what's preventing me? And it was the aspect of if it was going to be on video, it, it really upped the complexity of it. And so I said, okay, I'm going to bring right. it right back. I'll get to that one day. But for now, I'm just going to start with audio. So I sort of took out the pieces that were trapping me and, right. and began. And so it is about, for me, one of the really important intentions with the podcast is that with my one-on-one and coaching work, it's positioned, it's quite a high price point. And I know that the work I do and the work I've done over the last 20 years is relevant and really helpful for business owners at all levels. And I wanted to make sure there was a way I could be sharing what I knew with anyone, regardless of whether they could uh, afford to engage with me directly as a customer. And so the podcast is the way I can share that. So I've framed it around uh, wanting to make sure it is useful to business owners but also that has this feel of at the end of it an experience that felt like I wasn't just talking to everyone but I was talking to them and it was almost like their own coaching Mm -hmm. session Uh, and so I've had that feedback from some people which was which is exactly what I want it to be that I want someone to leave that and feel like oh I just had a free coaching session with Bessie like that spoke to and helped me get to some clarity so that's been the focus or intention intention there. love that mm. yeah and like you're you mean I mean people are obviously relating with you and you know you're really speaking to them to a point where they feel like they can relate and they, you know almost building a relationship even when you're just on the podcast and that's great so incredible yes. yeah and I think too that part of that is I'm someone and certainly from my background and my work I love really big picture intellectual ideas but the, the aspect is if you don't draw that back down to the practicalities of, okay, so what do I need to think about? What are the questions I should reflect on here? And how do I take that knowledge and move to action? I think that you lose people in that. And so part of what I wanted to create for people is that connection between think about this. So plant a seed, be reflective as a leader, but how do you actually put that into practice? And so those reflective right. exercises that drive you to now engage differently as a, as a business owner and a leader are a critical part. hundred percent. Yeah. I like that. And with your people that you bring on for, are, are you doing solos or do you just do interviews? Or so, a so bit far of it's been uh, solo. There's only a okay. really small number of, of interviews, but it'll be a bit of a mix over time. But the okay. aspect, the, the focus really is that mindset piece. So the, the podcast is called Both End, 
because I want people mm-hmm. to not just think life is about either or and having to choose one. It's saying right. we, can have, we can have a mindset that says just because people say that's not possible, who says? Like as entrepreneurs, we're always going, well, I don't like that. I'm going to change that. What, what could the world be like if we operated differently? So the right. mindset piece is a big part of that. So the my sense with the podcast is that it will always be predominantly uh around the framing being just me with the occasional uh, interview here and there as as it kind of adds in some value. Absolutely. Valuable insight and everything. Super important. With the people that you have, have you, you said that you just a small portion of people you have interviewed on the podcast or not yet? Okay. Yes. So how did you find these people? Do they come to you? Were they referred or did you, you know, find a guest, be a guest on Facebook or how did you go about getting these people? So for me, it's been about my broader network. So obviously I've been doing this work for 20 years and there's lots of people that I have on my list where I've in previous work brought them in to run sessions face-to-face in a consulting setting. And so I wanted to be able to at key, there's key topics where all of us know that as entrepreneurs, we have our own strengths and we're good at some things. And then there's other pieces where you're like, I'll pass to this person. So exactly with interviews, for me, it's about saying, if I'm focusing on a topic where I know, oh, this is the best person in the world that should speak to that, then I will ask that person. So I'm very much, I'm not operating the podcast as a, um, people requesting to be on the podcast I'm framing ahead of time what topics I'm covering and then thinking about do I have enough in my own experience and methodology to speak to that or do I want to bring someone in to talk specifically to that topic okay interesting yeah and what would your dream like guest be on your interview you know do you have a like a criteria you know what they would have to meet in order to come on the interview just curious well, probably it's a little bit like my ideal clients, really, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I there are there's nuance to that. So while I love business, I'm not someone, and my podcast isn't something that's just about how do you grow a really profitable business. It's got to have both components. Right. It's got to be about right. someone who loves and sees the role and purpose of business and what it can do but who also has a desire to contribute in the world to things bigger than themselves. So I'm always focused on, I don't want a guest, just like I don't want a client who is on Mm -hmm. one side only. I want people who show that beautiful mix of both. So the ideal piece is the, they have the leadership, they've got the experience. And again, for me, I have always found with entrepreneurs, you get the best traction when you're not just someone who, talks about something academically so you're not someone who's an expert from a university but has never done it on the ground as entrepreneurs we we tend to be drawn to people who are practitioners who have been out there done it themselves tell their own stories and so that is the person that resonates most with the types of entrepreneurs I work with absolutely and I think like like you said like the story aspect aspect alone is huge like people telling their stories, their hardships, that's where you're going. You know, we don't just get somewhere overnight. You go no. through the ups and downs, you go through those hardships and telling that story is so important, especially I think on interviews and stuff like that, because it makes you human and relatable, right? To the people and it shows with. someone they can trust you because you've actually had experience. So whether it's a there guest coming yeah. on to the show or it's myself or you as the entrepreneur positioning with a client, 
as an authority or an expert in this particular area. Even and in sometimes more, the failure stories are what makes someone trust you because you say, okay, when 100%. I was running my organisation and I struggled with a board member who I was just not able to articulate the strategy, this is how I came at it from a different angle and it worked. And suddenly someone says, I'm struggling with a board member who I don't resonate with and now I've heard your story, I'm going to try that and I trust you because you didn't just tell me your good stories, you told me what you struggled with. And so I think... That piece of bringing things down to the practical and showing how you have experienced and lived out this journey yourself is so important to build that trust. A hundred percent. I agree with you there. Like it's important for one, I think like if any business, you need that, you need that relationship with um, your customers or clients or whoever you're working with, you need that relationship and it starts with trust. Yeah, so always. Yeah. So definitely relate with you there. hundred percent. So what, or how do you go about monetizing your podcast? Do you monetize it? So that's certainly the, the plan. What I've, as yeah. I said, I'm framing this first year of the podcast as more of that experiment, the refining, because I think if there's anything I've learned in the last 20 years, it's that you can't rush getting to traction or rapport and trust so the the intention is certainly that it will be one of the ways that people hear about me but the the podcast for me is positioned like I said more at that level of how does how do I add value to someone who may not necessarily become a client but here's how that that is ultimately monetized in my mind so when when I think of customers that will be interested in engaging at the price point I'm at one of the things they will look for is that broader sense of validity that you exist in the world that you're out there and engaging and so if someone does a search or looks you up you want there to be content out there you want them to be able to without having to yet speak directly to you or engage to be able to listen to things that you're doing to be able to get a sense of yes to get a sense of you and kind of go, oh, okay, there's some topics she's talking about that I'm interested in. She has some interesting ideas. What does that look like? So the the podcast, if you like, layer of it that is about contribution and giving back to people who will not be customers. It has a layer that is about the, the broader ability for someone to get a sense of me before they choose to engage as a customer. And then also one of the pieces I've begun working on that is a big focus for me next year is writing a book. And the piece that a podcast does is it's helping me refine the content that will go into that book and ultimately, again, set me up as an authority that will bring me customers. So I see the podcast hitting multiple points, but for me personally, it's not a direct piece of listen to a podcast, download this, engage with my course online or something. Mm -hmm, So so mm -hmm. I have a layered kind of approach to the monetizing of it, but it's a longer game for me uh, over time to work with a smaller group of clients, but at a higher price point. Yes, absolutely. High ticket offer, but with a smaller group of clients and yeah. quality, quality people coming, being attracted yeah, and to that you. refinement. Mm-hmm. And the other piece that I think is important when you think about that, and this is from a podcast point of view, whether you're trying to go to the, to a much bigger customer base or a really refined customer base, like I'm aiming for, it's that in the, the way that you speak, the topics you cover, the guests you mm-hmm. have on, 
part of what you can do is actually filter out the wrong people from from being your customers because you don't want multiple people asking to get on calls or uh, messaging back and forward with you if they're the wrong people. So actually being specific or niching down and putting off some people is a good thing because you only mm-hmm. you have that opportunity through the podcast that if someone listens to it and says, I fundamentally disagree with you, then it's better that they hear that upfront and then don't interact as a customer. So I think it, it's not to be afraid of, oh, I've got to not say anything that puts people off. No, you need to say the things that draw the right people to you. You can never say, say the wrong th- thing to the right person. Mm-hmm. And you exactly. never can say the right thing to the wrong person. So yeah, you can't win. <laughs> yeah. um, I totally understand. Like that's, excuse me, the same with us. Like there's a lot of people that apply to get on the interview on podcast rebels interview with us. we we narrow it down. We know what people we want to bring on. We don't, we just, you know what, it'd be great to be able to interview everyone, but we have to really be careful that we're interviewing people who are aligned with the same kind of visions or our, uh, our niche of people, you know, we're very s- specific. We have a minimal viable customer characteristic criteria that we follow. You know, they have to one, have a podcast, high ticket offer, or, or looking to start a podcast as well, you know, a business owner. So, and that just narrows it down to quality people bringing them on to the podcast to share their valuable insight with what our audience is listening into, you know, to align with what we're doing. And that's all it is. Um, So, and it works out great. And so I think you're doing it. I think you're doing it the right way. And I think it's amazing the way you're doing it. Yeah. Well, I think you're right because in any of that, all of these pieces are about clarity. So it's when you know why, what you're doing and why, so what is the intent behind it? then you actually can take away some of that nervousness of what you're letting go of or, oh, what if it has this outcome? It's like, that's okay. I know what I'm trying to do and and that person is not not who I'm aiming for. So it's okay if they don't understand it or, you know, I had a funny thing recently. My mum went to a wedding and some people that I grew up with were there and they said, oh, I've um I've seen Bessie's podcast and I don't know what she's talking about. And my mum was all worried. She's like, oh, you know, they didn't understand. And I said, they're in the construction industry. They build houses. Like, that's not who I'm speaking to. Of course, they don't understand the, the conversations I'm having. They are right. not my audience. But people are used to pleasing everyone. And, oh, I want everyone to like what I'm doing. But the, the podcast, there are so many podcasts in the world. You, the competition is massive. You have to be clear who you're talking to and it can never you be You have everyone. to be. Yeah. And you got to just attract the attract the people that are aligned with the same visions and meet those standards that you're, yeah. you know, bring those people on the podcast, work with those people who are aligned with your visions and meet the, the standards yeah. of your criteria. Because you can add value. That's where to you're going to grow. Yeah. Exactly. You can add, that's who you can help. And um, that is Sorry, one moment here. I just almost knocked over my water. <laughs> uh, and, you know, you're right on all of that. Add value to them and you can really help them. And, and you know, that's how your business is going to grow too, right? So, yeah. Amazing. So based on where you are today, if you were to double or triple what you make in revenue and profit, what are the, some new challenges that you might face? Or what are some things that you might have to change? 
Well, I think one of the bits that's interesting, I've had the opportunity because I've built multiple businesses to significant levels and then I am now focusing and shifting towards the the coaching work and having a much smaller group of clients, like I said, but working with them longer term and at a higher price point. The shift for me, if you go to that question of, okay, you double or you triple what's happening, what would that look like? The challenge would be to not accidentally turn the business into something I don't actually want it to be. So if we come back again to the clarity, I have clarity now of that I want the next 20 years to look quite different to the last 20 years. So I've built bigger organisations in the past. That's not what I'm looking to do here. So as I have reflected on the growth and the strategy for my business moving forward, I've looked back at the different businesses I've run in the past and I've said, I don't want to have a business where there's more than 15 team members because I've done that before and I know when it gets over 15, that's not my ideal. So while I work with people who have much bigger teams than that, in my own team moving forward, even if it rapidly grew or when I bring the book out, let's say I end up on Oprah and it goes massive, I know for me, I don't want to have a team of 50 people. That's not where I want to go. So I think the challenge is, and this comes back to some of what you read out in the, the introduction in terms of my work and focus, is not to just get sucked into what other people see as success or because we're achievers and setting goals to just go, oh, I've made it to the seven-figure mark. I now need to make it to the eight-figure mark. Growth for its own sake is what I think the challenge is when suddenly something starts to get traction and become successful. And so mm-hmm. the the foundational element, again, comes back to that clarity of what is your intent here? What are you trying to build? And as that grows, how do you do that in a way that actually sits well with you? Because the worst thing that we can do as entrepreneurs and business owners is to find ourselves accidentally with a type of business that we don't actually love and we don't want to do. And that's when I see a whole bunch of really unhelpful things happen and burnout for organisations and, and the people running them. So that challenge, I think, is the one to be to be careful of. So for me, the way that I am already setting up this new focus and venture so that I don't get to that point. So I could double, triple without having suddenly to have a massive team is I have key people that I have found, and they're actually in multiple different countries that I'm outsourcing components to. So rather than bringing a team in-house for some of those pieces, I will pay to have access to someone else's team. And that allows me to be able to scale what I'm doing without having to build a massive entity behind me. So again, for everyone that's different, for some people, they want to grow to a team of 100 people. Wonderful. Then that would, that's what they would be looking to do. But that's I know that's not what, what you're that's looking not for. That's not what I want. And so as yeah. that double, triple happens, it's about figuring out which bits do I need to have in-house. So as that grows, I will bring those people in and which pieces need to happen so we can deliver at scale, but I will outsource them. But outsource them. Love it. It's very interesting how you're doing it. And I like it a lot. And I think it's super important to do it the way you're doing it, especially you've already done it where, you know, you've grown it. You've had a businesses with tons of people. You don't want that. You know what you want. You're very clear on what you want. And it's, that is so important. Get clear on what you want. Yeah, because that's how we're going to start moving, right? And absolutely, a lot of people I think get held back because they're not sure. They're just not sure. 
So it's very important, like you said, to get clear, Mm. get clear of what you want and then do it. Yeah. And as entrepreneurs, we are prone to being people who set big goals, things that other people would think were unrealistic. We charge after those, those things. And so the, the flip side of that, that we have to be careful of is if you don't slow down originally at the start and become really clear on what does success even look like? What is it that you are aiming for? You will keep chasing whatever the loudest thing is, whatever people tell you, oh, now this is the new thing businesses should focus on. And then you start running after that. So you have to get to clarity about what you want first and what that success looks like, because otherwise all of those characteristics that could be incredibly powerful to get you to your goals will be running at everybody else's goals and you'll wonder why you don't feel satisfied. Right. 100%. Thank you for sharing that because I think that was very valuable and um, I'm super happy that you were able to share that because I know that that would have related to some people listening. So it's great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day, Uh, Bessie. It was absolutely such a pleasure to have you on here and I'm hoping to get you back on in the future. Um, You know, but before we jump off, with all the valuable insight that you shared, you know, if anyone's looking to connect with you, what would be the best way? So if they're wanting to, again, just engage with and think about some of these topics more about how do they bring more meaning in, what would that worldview look like to think about doing good and making money within their business, they can listen to my podcast, Both And with Bessie Graham, and that's on all the platforms. So check that out. But if someone wants to get get in touch with me directly, either through LinkedIn, so Bessie Graham, and we can share the links, or to my website, bessiegraham.com. And just send me a a private message. Because again, my preference is always to get to know someone and figure out, am I the right fit? Or can I recommend someone else for you? So if someone wants to talk directly, please reach out. And I would love to, to talk to other business owners. Thank you so much, Bessie. This is all amazing. And I appreciate you coming on today again. Thanks again. Pleasure. Group, if you're listening and you enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure or higher entrepreneur and want to come on just like Betsy did today for an interview, please go to podcastrebels.com. We'd love to have you on as well. Thanks again, Betsy. And thank you, everyone listening. We'll catch you on the next episode. Bye for now. Hey everyone, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. 
All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.